Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 11 of the Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. And thank you again for joining us. One of the priorities that the president has laid out, talked about it a lot on the campaign trail, Robert, and has talked about it a fair amount also since being in office, is infrastructure. This was not an area that I knew that you and your colleagues at Grant Thornton had expertise in or experts who studied or whatever, but there's a tremendous breadth of knowledge here. Well, I drove here on a road. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. And, you know, I don't know I, what I'm supposed to do with that I, comment exactly, but it, it, look, it's good a, for you. It, our crumbling infrastructure is a major challenge for our nation. And like major challenges, we at Grant Thornton run to those and try to help however we can. So this is just one of those opportunities. One of the experts on your team is Brian Desolets. He's here with us on Fed Heads this week. Brian, it's great to see you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming in. And uh, one of the experts uh, working on this inside the Department of Transportation is Grover Berthay. He's the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Transportation Policy. Grover, thanks for joining us on Fed Heads. Thank you for having me. You really don't have any idea what you got yourself into, do you? I, I do not, but, <laughs> but what I can say is I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you very much for uh, coming in. He looks like he means it. He, he does. I think he does. Yeah. We don't have any reason well, I to wouldn't. doubt it. That's right. Exactly. I have lots of reasons to doubt it. We're not, we're not menacing by any stretch of no. the imagination. That's right. Tell me about your portfolio. We talked a little bit before we went on about the work that you're doing within the Department of Transportation and then what role you're playing in working with other agencies pursuing the president's agenda on infrastructure. Sure, absolutely. So, so at the department, I, I work in our, in our policy office as Deputy Assistant Secretary, as, as you noted in the introduction. And I have a few key items in my portfolio. One, I work very closely with the department's Build America Bureau. In the bureau, as we call it, we manage uh, the department's federal credit programs, namely TIFI and RIF. Those are programs that are very, very active in supporting surface transportation infrastructure projects in this country on a credit basis, and also manage our private activity bonds program at DOT. In addition to that, very involved with our discretionary grant programs, namely Tiger and Infra, Infra in particular, we're currently uh, reviewing applications for $1.5 billion that we have available to us to, to try to support infrastructure development. And then I'm also very involved with our permitting efforts. DOT is focused on making the permitting process more efficient, more transparent. A lot of that uh, is, is work that we're heavily involved in with, with our staff, both within DOT and across the administration, and we're making good inroads, in, good inroads there. In addition to that, I'd say that we're one of 12 agencies that's been working closely with the White House in developing the president's infrastructure initiative. We sent a legislative framework to the Hill back in February, and we continue to work on that uh, along with our sister agencies to try to make a, a very major impact on how we fund infrastructure in this country. That's all? <laughs> that's wow. about 10% of my time. Uh, and then the rest of it, I have are we other items. Times? <laughs> wow. That's some pretty heavy lifting. That's right. It's incredible. It's incredible. The... Um, uh, I note that the president's management agenda came out uh, recently, and it has as one of its major initiatives the permitting process. How is that going, and what impact do you expect it to have on uh, infrastructure, improved infrastructure, accelerating infrastructure projects? Sure. So permitting is important, and I, I think it's often misconstrued as as the administration or as the federal government looking to to cut corners. That's not the case at all. We're, we're very focused on protecting the environment, protecting our natural resources for, for current and future generations. But what we are 
keenly aware of, and myself as well, coming from the private sector pri prior to this role, is that the, the lack of predictability, the lack of transparency, uh, often deters investment in infrastructure. It, it scares potential parties away, it concerns project sponsors, and to address the significant needs that the country has, we, we have to make that process more bearable, less frightening. And in order to do so, we, we can do that while still protecting the environment. We do that by eliminating some redundancies, trying to, again, be more transparent, trying to move to more concurrent processes rather than sequential, and also just applying some common sense. And so we have a, we have a great team that's well-versed in this, many more years than, than I've been, uh, where we're looking for, for opportunities to do to do just that. Brian, where does your knowledge and expertise, your experience, fit with what uh, Grover is talking about as he tries to push the agenda forward at DOT? No, it's very exciting. I mean, on permitting, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, on permitting specifically, uh, you know, I've got a background in public-private partnerships, and I always use the example of SR-125 in Southern California, which spent, uh, I mean, after the award of the concession, it spent 12 years navigating the environmental approvals process. So, Certainly, uh, private investors are deterred from this process. Um, you know, we talk about risk transfer on public-private partnerships in some other countries. The private parties will uh, accept the environmental permitting risk because it's fairly straightforward and, and, and fairly, you know, relatively quick to complete, whereas in the U.S., uh, they certainly won't accept that. They'll wait for the NEPA uh, process to finish, and then uh, they'll be, you know, potentially ready to invest. But it's, you know, it's not just private investors. I mean, people who need these projects, the, the projects have been uh, uh, judged to have value and, and offer uh, uh, support for economic growth, for mobility, for other reasons. So that's another reason to accelerate them. And, and quite frankly, it's similar to one of Obama's uh, uh, first initiatives to fast-track those uh, 14 uh, regionally or, or nationally important projects. Tappan Zee Bridge was one of them. Uh, that's already open and functioning, and uh, you know, everyone around uh, New Jersey and New York is very grateful for that. What are the next steps as far as releasing that? It sounds like there's a backlog, essentially, of projects where people were and where organizations would like to be involved, would like to invest, and there are the kinds of holdups that Grover talked about a few moments ago. No, absolutely, and I and I think this is uh, this was part of the frustration when you know we've seen previous efforts to put infrastructure in the in the spotlight. Uh, I guess particularly during the recession and the years following to use it as as a stimulus uh and there was there was some skepticism that you know these were white elephants that these were projects that were just showpieces when uh the reality is quite different it's exactly what you said these are projects that are 20 30 or more years overdue and so anything we can do to accelerate them uh would you know is is sure to have a positive impacts for the economy for for uh you know general welfare I live at one end of the intercounty connector in Maryland, so I can totally relate to what you're talking about from the end user perspective. That road was on the books for at least 30 years before it was finally built, and the main holdup was exactly what you are both talking about, the permitting process and, and environmental approvals. What can the administration do that it hasn't done yet to speed that up? And what does it need cooperation from state, local governments to be able to do to speed that process up, Grover? Sure. The, the president put out an executive order, Executive Order 13807 last August, which creates the concept of one federal decision. And the Department of Transportation, along with other agencies involved, are, are working right now on implementing, um, implementing that policy. And what it really does in a nutshell is it, is it improves the accountability that is placed upon government agencies, where 
right now, a lot of the decision making is dispersed. A lot of times these timelines can, can drag out because no one's really forced to make a decision. And while the, the normal courses need to need to be acknowledged and, and everything does need to be taken care of that the NEPA process requires, um, we do need there to be accountability on agencies to, to wrap that process up, to, to reach a conclusion, and then unlock the development that, that does need to take place for, for all the aforementioned reasons. And so we're, we're, again, that was put out in August, and we're continuing to work on that and are looking forward to, to the fruits of that labor. In the proposal that the administration put out last month, we, we take it one step further by, by saying the executive order gives us quite a, bit of, quite a bit of ability to have an impact, but codifying that, uh, having legislative text that, that makes some of these policy ideas more more concrete would really enable us to, to not only have an impact in terms of what's available within the executive branch, but on a, on a broader basis. Brian, when Grover talks about accountability uh, as the federal government is kind of, and DOT is kind of the coordinator of all of these, how much of that accountability should be carrot and how much of that accountability should be stick as far as uh, encouraging or requiring organizations to get the work done? Uh, well, I think it's a you know it's a it's a shared uh, responsibility. Certainly, the federal government's uh, supporting projects and and funding them, so it has some responsibility to make sure those funds are used wisely and correctly. But um, I think you know we we see in addition to the regulatory environment, the funding environment really showing a you know long term trend toward more. Uh, local uh, local management of these projects, local funding, local financing, um, and that's I think part of the also part of the president's uh, agenda. Um, but but really, like with the permitting question, not something new on on the scene. I mean, it's a, it's a long term trend, and so the more uh, the local communities are are actually ready to pay for these projects, you know, that's a that's an affirmation that uh, they want these projects and and uh, a sign that they'll help to move them forward quickly. Grover, you. Uh, waiting for Congress to enact legislation is probably not the uh, wisest approach to accelerating an infrastructure initiative. Um, but you've got tools in your toolbox that you explained in your set of responsibilities. Talk about the credit programs you manage and how those can be leveraged to get ahead of this, to really unlock some greater investment in our badly uh, needed infrastructure projects. Sure, right. And, and again, you know, the, the proposal that we put out in February was, was a framework, and we're optimistic on, on gaining momentum with that following the work that's been done recently. Uh, we had various cabinet members participate in hearings uh, with, with different congressional committees, and, and that's given us some momentum to move forward. But, but again, this, this is an effort where that gives us more to do, and I think the president's shown a lot of vision, I think, in, in making this a, a, a high-level issue. It's receiving more attention than really it ever has before. Uh, being mentioned in the State of the Union address, um, I think uh, certainly was was a matter of of decent significance. And the budget, the recent omnibus that was put out, put infrastructure funding at a level that that was quite quite significant and tremendous. And so we're optimistic about the results we'll be able to to produce with that. At the department right now, as I mentioned, we we have uh, two credit programs, TIFI and RIF, that do a great job at really leveraging the federal dollar. So the TIFIA program, which is managed at the Build America Bureau, for each $1 of appropriated funds that TIFIA receives through Congress, we're able to, to lend $14 to a project 
And since that program lends a third of a project's cost, it ultimately supports $40 of total project spending. So a lot of the concepts that this administration discusses when it comes to leveraging the federal dollar, TIFIA really embodies that and has, has proven that that's possible over the years with a, with a 1 to 40 ratio. And, I, you know, Brian made the comment about uh, sort of the policy that this administration has put out about trying to, to encourage partnership with the federal government from state, locals, and the private sector. And, and again, I think that that's sometimes misrepresented. We're not saying that the federal government should not have a role we're saying that the infrastructure needs are uh, are so mountainous, so so significant, that in order to to really tackle this this backlog that we have, both of new projects and refurbishment of existing projects, it needs to be all hands on deck, and all parties need to be involved. What do we do moving forward, Brian, to continue the kind of the momentum that's starting with the credit programs that Grover talked about? What what has to happen next, and and who has to do what? No, I think it's happening. I mean, we see the the you know Congress moving on infrastructure. I think you know if we if we go back to the presidential uh, race, uh, infrastructure was a top priority for both candidates. For those of us who work in infrastructure, this was this was a welcome change because for a long time it's it's not been uh, the, the the top uh, priority of uh, of politicians, but uh, it seems to finally have center stage, and so it's uh, an all hands on deck approach now. Um, the federal government will will never be able to pay for all the infrastructure. I mean, the congressional bill offers more than I think the president's initial plan did, but there's still a long way to go uh, at the national level and as you drill down project by project. So um, now different projects are going to have, uh, you, know, you know, different opportunities for uh, funding and financing. Um, but, uh, you know, the local governments, the state governments, the private sector all have a role to play here. Grover, uh, final thought. What's the outcome that you will judge to be success at some point in the future? And when do you think that is? That's a great question. We, we have a lot of demand for the resources that we have. So our grant programs, for example, the Infra Grant Program, which I referenced earlier, we have $1.5 billion that, that's available, and we received over $12 billion in interest. Um, our Tiger Program, we had $500 million available. We received over $6 billion in interest. So clearly there are needs, which we all know. We, but with that said, we don't judge success by, by the sheer numbers of demand that we receive. If, if money is available and, and people are pursuing that money, that alone is not success. For us, success is really going to be judged by trying to change the culture change the culture and how and how infrastructure is approached. And, and that's that's from a funding perspective uh, to, to really educate all citizens and taxpayers on on how infrastructure benefits them in order to build more momentum towards all sources of funding being directed towards infrastructure. It's again on the permitting and project delivery side, trying to create a culture where there is accountability, where we're moving things forward and and then encouraging participation in infrastructure from from all partners. And it's also uh, trying to improve the economy. So fundamentally, what we're trying to do here is, is support jobs, support economic growth, and, and best utilize the, the taxpayer dollar. And sometimes that's a bit difficult to measure specifically, but hopefully the cultural impacts we can have will be longer term than, than any one administration. So I have to ask you this. You come from the private sector. You've never worked in the federal government before. Give us, after having been on the job this many months, What's your perception? How are you enjoying it? it it's been a, a rewarding and, and phenomenal experience. I, I've always wanted to, to serve the country, and this is the first opportunity I've had to do so, and, and I feel fortunate to be able to do it. And what I'll say is that you, you learn a lot very, very quickly. Uh, I think there's a stereotype that 
there's a lot of bureaucracy in it, and, I, and I'm not going to say that that's not the case, <laughs> but what I will say We is wouldn't have a show if there wasn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> but what I will say is that when you're, when you're thinking about and trying to, to manage many stakeholders, many interests, many competing voices, it, it does require you to, to try to think about things from a different perspective than purely profit and loss, which is the world I was previously in. Grover, thanks very much for joining us, Brian. Thank you very much for being here as well. Robert Shea, thanks for another episode of FedHeads. I really enjoyed it and learned a lot, too. And thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the FedHeads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store. 